welcome along to Nailtopia, Inside with the Insiders. I'm Rachel. In this podcast, we're going to talk to some of the nail industry's biggest and brightest. But I want to get to know the real them. I want to know their real stories. So come with me as we take a peek behind the curtain. So today I am with Katie Barnes. Katie, tell us all about yourself. Hi, Rachel. Um, so I will start off with my nail journey. So when I was um, 15, I was, uh, I, it, my birthday is in the summer. So I left school, hated school and um, that kind of learning. Knew I didn't want to be at school, but had absolutely no idea what I wanted to do. So uh, as, as we know, at 15, we think we're really growing up and mm-hmm. we're, just, we're not. So no. we really have no idea. And I just, I I got stuck in an office job, which just wasn't for me and had a little think about what I wanted to do. And I I really enjoyed the idea of um, working in a salon. So I um, left, left my job and I went to college as at that time, a mature student at 19 years old. (laughs) Um, My badge said mature student. No, it didn't. yeah, it did. It said mature student and I was wow. 19. Um, so I did that and I did beauty. Then I started working in um, in a salon doing beauty. And I'd done a, a short one or two day course, nail course as well, um, just to have that on the side with acrylics. Um, my college course had manicure and pedicure in. And the lady I worked with was was always off sick. The nail lady, um, she could do a set in like an hour oh, and yeah. she was always off sick. And I just felt really bad for customers that kept having to be um, reset scheduled. So I spoke with some of them and said, you know, I can do you, we can get you in, um, but I'm going to take like four hours. So I was sat there doing four hour sets you know the pressure of this other lady that was doing them in an hour and then they started asking for that that was you know a pink and white yeah and then they started asking for other things like these glitter tips and then I found glitters in the drawer and I started introducing glitter tips and that was when I was like oh my god nails I yeah this is what I want to do actually not and I was so in love with the beauty side yeah and the massage and the facials um where now obviously everything is nails so with the nail side I actually completely accidentally fell into it Mm. um by needing to do those customers nails and then uh, after a while of, of working doing customers nails um I was in contact with the brand that I used at the time and I had a chat to them about doing education so I educated as a brand educator alongside um, doing my customers for a good couple of years mm-hmm. and built up a good student customer base. And from this, I then had customers with students wanting other courses. So as well as the nail courses, they wanted to have a lash and brow course or a mm-hmm. massage course or different things like that. And unfortunately, I wasn't able to offer them um, as well as doing my nail courses under the brand. Mm. So very scary, but I took the really big jump. Um, I think it was about 23. So the really big jump to get my own courses accredited. So wow, yeah. I 
went to university I got my teaching qualification I wrote all of my own courses and structures and got, got them all accredited and then I was able to offer a wider range of nail courses yeah. um, with with complete freedom as well so yeah. then I was able to you know edit the nail structure as well and, and tweak it and amend it to to, to my teaching way as well, rather than following someone else's. Um, so then that was actually, that was the best decision I could have ever made. So it's great starting with a brand. You've got that support and network of other educators um, to bounce off. Yeah. Because I think I was, I was maybe around 21. I was early 20s when I started educating. So I was very young. So to have that support network at that age um, was, was brilliant. Um, but then going independent was was definitely, it, it's one of these scary things, I think, when you work in a salon or if you're educating under a brand and you think that, you know, you can't do it on your own and you're, yeah. you're thinking about taking steps in a salon and you know opening yours now there's a lot of hard work and and, and things that go behind the scenes into it but it was such a good decision just having that freedom to be able to do as I wanted and it just opened so many more opportunities so then by I was then brand um you know a a non-brand bias so I could teach other students that use different products so I was able to teach them with that rather than it being with one brand and them feeling that they couldn't come to me and so especially one-to-ones I think that's something that Mm. you know everybody uses different brands there's so many different brands out there and it's just good to be able to you know include everybody and be able to teach everybody your working ways Mm. and uh, then I think uh, then from from the education it opens as I said a lot more opportunities then where I was able to um it was work with magazines and publications yes um so I I, I did a, I, I did a lot of training myself to you know better myself as a nail technician and an educator and one of the courses um that I did was a competition workshop so something that so my biggest passion in nails has always been structure yes so it's always been at the sculpting side and the structure side and Mm. getting that perfect structure on a nail which probably stems back to when I was younger and when I was a child my dad my dad is an architect oh so I work with my dad a lot and I used to do drawings and and drawings the buildings and things like that and I used yeah. to love that I think my passion to structure goes yeah. to that because everything that we do structure wise does relate back to the way the house is built um to get it to be long yeah, lasting yeah. so yeah I did this competition workshop just to perfect and tweak those um structure skills and I, I remember Denise Wright who was the uh, competition director at the time um uh, she, she runs the UK competitions and she was running this competition workshop and she said to me when we finished the course I'll see you on the competition floor then and my answer was like no no absolutely not I am competing <laughs> at all I didn't want to and I think this was in the January time and then in the May there was a competition, a Birmingham one, at the beauty show, so at the Guild yeah. Beauty Show. And I thought, oh, 
she'd sown that little seed I'll I'll see (laughs) let's see what it's like I'm just going to do it and see and improve my skills and see so I signed up um, and I started doing some practicing and I entered and I came eighth wow first competition I thought oh hmm that was quite fun all right maybe I'll just do one more and see if I can improve on <laughs> you were hooked <laughs> yeah I, and then in the September time September October time there was another competition at Manchester show and then I came second in the same category crikey and um, improved my personal score by 40 points wow. in, in those few months and yeah that then that was it then I'd got the book <laughs> I've seen the improvement in my work as well. So over just those short months by practicing and practicing um, and working on the points that the judges had said and the feedback, I just, I've seen such an improvement in my work. So mm. filing and time and product control and things like that. So um, I conti- continued competing um, regularly for a good few years. I can, I can honestly say that the success of my work and the standard of my work is down to competing yeah so not the winning side or anything like that so whilst it's amazing to win everybody enters with the hope that you'll win of course you do Mm. but it's the feedback and the practicing and and the way it opens your eyes to look at your work in a completely different way Mm. like that big jump that 40 percent jump happen so I, no, I think that feedback is really, really valuable because, as I said, you go into a competition, you enter because you believe yeah. in your skills and you think you're good. So if you just got a place of number 20 and thought, hang on, I've come 20th, I'm yeah. not that bad, that, yeah. that is automatically what you'd think. You wouldn't then think, oh, well, this was wrong, this was wrong, this was wrong. Now, you can uh, do a competition yourself and think, yeah, I know I really messed up this section that's only a little bit so why am I still 20th I'm I'm really you do think I'm not that bad and that can then knock your confidence the feedback is so with UK each one's different but for example the UK ones each each judge that so there's five judges for example each judge has five sections um like five points uh, categories Mm -hmm. to, to judge on so they don't also see what the other judges do so it can't you know yeah it's not biased someone else is and for example if one judge was really strict or one judge was really nice um and you know a bit over generous that's only five sections out of Mm. um five different judges Mm. so it's actually a very small part so you there might be some areas where you're getting lower marks do you think it's so, important that you that if you are thinking about going and doing competitions that you would do some form of competition training so that you would know the what the judges are looking for so maybe like someone like myself that's never done any competition training um and never done any competitions should I go and find somebody that that teaches a class that has judged that will say okay so this is what we're going to be looking for so these when you are creating your nails these are the points you need to be making sure your forms that you do you think that that's important or just yeah, risk it I, and do it? Honestly, I'd say that's a, I would say it's a must um, because it's understanding those score sheets. So say 60% of your score is, is understanding that score sheet. Mm. Only 40% is then yeah. skills. 
So yeah, it's really, and it is changing that mindset. So when I do, um, I do competition training, but I do a competition boot camp. Mm. So on every bit of training, we have that score sheet with us. We break it down, we point it. I get them to, you know, match their nails against it. We do a little mock competition at the end where yeah. it's, oh yeah, wow, and I break down and I show them right. You have a five because of x x x x x, and they really then do understand the score sheets. Yeah, so I think that is, yeah really important. And so you don't feel bad as well because on the score sheet it's pointed one to ten. Who could honestly say under those conditions in general you can you make everything absolutely one hundred percent flawless? That's very rare. I've got to say, there's nothing in the world that is ever 100% flawless. Yeah, perfect. So like a 10 is almost, you can of course get it, but you're not going to be aiming for your 10s. A 7, 8 is, is a 6, 7 is high salon skills. So I always say, if you are first ever entering a competition, aim for fives. Yeah. Anything above is a bonus because if you are, you know you work in a salon you think you're doing good work you're happy with your work you enter a competition that's probably where you are yeah so to be getting fives isn't a bad thing but if you didn't know or understand the score sheet you'd think that you was bad five it's bad mm. yeah I was. <laughs> is your advanced nail tech so if you're you know like your senior nail tech in your salon yeah that's sort of those points and then higher is obviously amazing a four a three a four is like your um lower salon tech but yeah it could and then your zero to zero to four is you've made a mistake so yeah. you've cut them you've snapped a nail yeah you've done something completely wrong by mistake yeah you generally know at that point you know yeah okay I really messed that one nail up or I really messed that one section up and for example you have to do some painting so if you didn't have time to get paint on right yeah it would be a zero because there is no paint to judge yes oh well that's yeah yeah if you slapped one really bad coat on it does it might be bad it's going to at least be a one because it's there it's it's on well, I suppose when you think of it that way, uh, yeah. The small sheet and understanding yeah. the small sheet of, right, I've got one minute to go. I'm going to slap a really bad polish on. It's not good. <laughs> it's going to be all the way up to their elbow. <laughs> so it can be judged so I can at least get one point. Yeah. Well, I want to go compete now. <laughs> right, sign me up, I'm in. <laughs> so let's talk about what else you do because we've got you've got a tool range. Tell me about yeah. how the tool range came about and then we'll talk about my favourite product you do in a little while. So the tool range came about. So when I was teaching, um, when I was teaching for a brand, we provided the brand kits. Um, when I was then teaching independently, I sourced kits for my students that were my favourite products. So I tried many, many brands out on products and, you know, there's, for example, I love the gel polish from one, I love the acrylic from another. So I um, was able to source and provide my own kits for students. But then there were other things that they always wanted to go alongside kits um, that they wanted to buy. And they'd ask for my recommendations, I'd provide them, but they really wanted to come to the course and get that product on the day. Yeah. Because you do, this is, you know, this is the sort of culture we are. We, we want it now. We want it yesterday. We don't want to then go home, order it online and wait a couple of days for it to Yeah. Come. I must admit, I'm guilty of that. I, I'm yeah. Immediate gratification is needed. <laughs> Absolutely. Especially with glitters and colours. Oh, and nail fix, definitely. 
So I started stocking some other bits to go alongside, even just some of the, I can't remember what I started with now, but for example, like some glitters or some colors and the accessories that go with it. So um, for example, a brush came in their kit, but a brush holder didn't. So I started, yeah, stocking some of these things on the side. Um, and then I, um, I always sort of love Crystal Nails products. So I stock their products, some of their extra things. Um, and, and some other brands and things that I, you know, spoke with and mm-hmm. stock those. So I, so I'd always sort of sold products, and that yeah. started to get really, really popular. And from the competition background, I'd always tailored my own tools. So, oh. for example, my cuticle pusher, it was never sharp enough. So yeah. I sharpened it. Myself, I filed it into shape, and I got it sharper. And um, for competitions, anyone that competes, um, for example, using seeker sticks, so the, the metal rods, you take file paper, you stick it on and cut it. And, you know, so I was constantly like making and tweaking my own tools, which is a bit of a pain. And yeah. it's not the best because it's like a handmade version. So from this came the tool range. So I wanted to... I didn't want to do tools, you know, the, the standard tools that are, you know, that are already out there. I wanted to fill that gap in the market where there were tools that we were competitors wanting to make and make it in an actual product. And yes. then again, um, I loved scissors. I, I'd never got on with nippers. Um, when I was at college doing manicures, I remember with nippers, I was taught to cut and pull don't don't worry if the customer bleeds it will heal that's how I was taught by college you know I'm left-handed as well yeah so I find things hard to use anyway um and I can't did you say you were left-handed no but the um, the girl that works with me Jilly she's left-handed and yeah we we've we've actually organized the salon desk so that we've moved sides so that because the plug sockets for left so withholding her e-file and everything and it wasn't something I ever considered before um even though my husband my ex-husband and my dad are all left-handers it wasn't anything that when I brought somebody into the salon I was like okay we actually need to think about this now this is actually it's for a right-handed person the idea of having to to think about the difference a left-handed person would have with cuticle tools is it it wouldn't occur to us so that was that was a big consideration as well and I find that scissors get a much better result um, for cuticle work than the nippers do. Um, again, that left-handed, that big bulky, bulky in your hand, and it hurts your hand after keep yeah. doing it all day long. Um, but the scissors that were out, and the beginner students and left-handed techs, when they'd use them, they loved the scissor, but it was hard for them yeah. to get their in that loop and it was a bit awkward and a pain now I personally I found it fine probably because I'd used them for five odd years before so yeah I got used to them and um, so that's why I got the spring handle because it then was much easier to use it's just like a little tweezer so there's no worrying about having to get your fingers in loops and try and cut at the same time and um, it was it's just them worrying about the cutting yeah. motion so I started off with scissors and a couple of competition bits. Um, and, and, you know, anyone that doesn't compete, sometimes you'll look at some of the things in the toy and you'll be like, what on earth is that? Yeah, yeah. I always try and do like videos and things that, you know, step-by-steps of how to, even if, you know, someone's maybe not interested in using it, it's like, oh, that's what, that's that's what it's for. for. Yeah. Right. yeah. 
<laughs> what's this roll of aluminium foil she sells what does that do yeah. <laughs> but yeah and it's you know goes under the forms and for competitions and stuff so and then it's just really developed yeah developed from there then and really and now we'll talk about what got me so excited just before mm. Christmas and my best Christmas present ever of my wonderful husband, my KB Glow. I've He's a good se- boy, isn't it? Yeah, I've seen some of the uh, posts you've put up about your creation process. Tell us all about how that came about, mm. how the the thought for that, and <laughs> tell us the whole story because some of the pictures have been really entertaining. <laughs> So, they, they, so first lockdown in March last year. Yeah. It's hard to remember the years, isn't it? Oh, gosh. Um, where we are. Yeah, so March last year, I, I think lockdown was, say, on the 20th of, of March. And suddenly, not in the academy, I had three days after lockdown here, I had an online seminar to teach for a professional beauty magazine. And it was um, a live uh, demonstration of nail designs and I always used to teach via my webcam. Yeah. Um, so I had a webcam, it was hooked up, uh, webcam worked connected to Zoom fine. Um, and then the, the way it was being streamed, because it was through Zoom and something else, and I don't get all that technology. No. I had to use my phone. I think we, the, we had kids at home and my partner works at home in the, his desk is in the dining room and I needed to do this overhead online <laughs> table and he mocked me up so Andy mocks me up this um cardboard box and coat hanger construction <laughs> and I love it right with, with hole in so my phone could sit <laughs> on top and then we pit my like all the lights and desk lamps like inside it and then stuck paper so it looked white so so on camera, it just looked like this really clean, plain, plain background. Yeah. And it really, it worked really well. And I remember, um, I can't remember which lady was hosting it now of Professional Beauty Magazine. She's like, what are you filming from? It looks like really cool. I was like, hang on, let me get, and then I showed her <laughs> my cardboard box. <laughs> and then obviously through lockdown, I had more seminars to do. I had actual online classes to teach. Mm. Again, it's not wanting to do it on your dining table to make mm. it that bit professional and just easy for me to work from as well because it's you know difficult to work on a brown wooden yeah dining table and 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 the light the light in my dining room is not good I've got those without it looking like I was doing it on the dining room table because yeah. I needed it to look professional you know the Edison bulb so that's oh yes light and you know I can't see anything closer yeah. so this this cardboard box worked but it started to slow so, <laughs> so some of the classes I was teaching it was it was really pointing to one side but you know no one else saw that get your saying. mug and push your mug up to the side <laughs> just, <training. laughs> yeah. just can't so, drink your tea <laughs> and he created me this slightly more robust version and it worked and then he actually paints warhammer models as well oh. so he started stealing this thing to take photos in it and to work in it because it had like good light and stuff. And then we thought, you know, this could really benefit other techs as well. Yeah. Because I'd for years when I was teaching in the academy, so I'd, I'd, I, if I was teaching a bigger class, I would um, use my camera 
mm. or my webcam and then um, screen mirror that yeah. whatever, through my TV. But again, it's having that overhead, but then without having all the shadows and then your light, and then you need your light overhead, but then your camera's there and things yeah. in the way. And, and there were loads of overhead things, but nothing that worked good and they were expensive. Yeah. Nothing that worked good enough. Like I had an arm and stuff, but it was it was okay, mm. but it wasn't brilliant. And like it wouldn't have got on my dining table because it's this chunky wood. And so reels like uh, someone erin uh, um showed me how to do these real things i was like i can't do these these are far oh. too modern and complicated and actually now it's it's really quite easy now i can do it but just you'll so have to show me <laughs> pick something underneath stick my phone on top record a couple of content rather than you know when you know you need to take photos you yeah. got to think right i need a background setup i need to do this i need to do that i need to get this now i need to get my lighting it's just so much easier then yeah. to be able to use it for that content creator. That is when Andy's stuff isn't in it. Yeah. <laughs> it's not got a full scene set up. And then it was one of those things, you know, when because it, it's it was something, yes, there's filming things um out there, but it said nothing, it only just sort of okay things for what we do. Mm. And um it, when it's something new, you just don't know how it's going to go because we've 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 got it patented yeah and, and because that no one could know anything there were only three people who had to sign NDAs yeah um who had had a bit of say in the design process so one was like uh, Lash Tech yeah um Sam Biddle who does a lot of online filming we worked together and did things and um so they knew and they were like yeah it's gonna be really popular but it's like oh, I don't know so I think my first order we ordered maybe 100 or 150, something like that. And I thought, I might sell 10. I'll sell 10. That would be good. Those 150 will last me for the year. Yeah. <laughs> first, or I think within two weeks or a week, I had to order more. And it's just like, oh my God, be so busy. And I think around quick, because it was around Christmas time we released it. Yes. And Stroke it a genius, by the way. <laughs> eight hours a day to... Of just packing them up packing them up packing them up yeah. <laughs> because each piece was individually um and you know it still comes on with the, the wrap and stuff so it's then placing each bit together and getting the lights on and getting all the components and then yeah putting it up putting it in the box and but you've got it down to a fine art now though haven't you <laughs> yeah Randy's good at that he he does all the uh, packing up the loads and stuff so it's good I mean, you've talked about Andy quite a few times there. How important is it for you to have somebody so supportive and creative with you on your journey? So it's good. so I'm I'm a very work by myself kind of person. Yeah. Um, because I'm, I'm I'm very just get it done. I want it done my way. I'm very yeah. particular. Very fussy, and no one ever works fast enough for me. I'm very <laughs> Andy's the complete opposite of that. Wow. Um, they, say, but, they say opposites attract, though, don't they? So it's good to have somebody, and like I feel comfortable. He knows me and how fussy I am, and mm. he it's good to have him there for support and calm me down when I need. And yeah, good to bounce ideas off of each other. and he does like helps me with so much the packing as well and stuff like that and ideas and yeah 
I mean, I have a very similar thing. My husband is, uh, we, we have the, a very similar uh, relationship and he's got nothing to do with the nail world as well. And it's, it's great when you've got somebody that just sees you've got this drive and we'll just sit there and go, well, just do it. And they will, you know, even when you're having your mad days and you're going, oh, I can't, I can't. They've just got, well, you already have. So just keep going. Any any relationship I see out there in business where I see couples working together, I always think I know how empowering it is for me to have that person with me. So yeah. watching watching when you, when you keep having him where you have him in the in the KB Glow. Um, yeah, he's a model. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. It's that old child at the moment. Yeah, yeah. I, I just, I just, I see it all on, on social media, and I just think, yeah, it just reminds me of what, like, the stuff I'm making my poor husband do. <laughs> and he is, he's actually a qualified nail technician now. Is he? Oh, well, there you go. I book in next week. When I filmed my online courses last year, I needed a model. Yes. Yeah. Lockdown. So again, yeah. it was Andy or a child. A child's not going to sit still for me. No. No, and no. Then, yeah, he was my model, and then he did it on me. So I had to teach. I then taught him. Oh, that's amazing! As well. Oh, that I love that. That is so amazing. So I ask everybody um, when we do this: um, when you were a child, what was your dream? And I, 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 people that listen to the podcast will have to listen to this numerous times. But I explain that. When I was a child, there was a TV cartoon called Pigeon Street and there was a character in Pigeon Street called Long Distance Clara and she was a long distance lorry driver. And that's what I wanted to be. I wanted to be a long distance lorry driver. Well, I didn't. I wanted to be Clara. <laughs> and we all have those when you're a small child, you want to be a ballerina or you want to be uh, a police officer or a fireman. What did you want to be when you were a kid? An architect or an archaeologist? Mm. Archaeology was one of the things I would have liked to have been, but I am scared yeah, of spiders. When you go through that, yeah, no, so am I in the book. <laughs> so I think it's everybody, every child goes through that, don't you? Digging things up in the garden. And, yeah. Um, so where my parents lived and where I grew up, it was a old house and um, it's from like the Tudor times. And oh, wow. So if you're digging up that garden, you find all sorts of, Mm. stuff which when I was a child I thought it was valuable and actual yeah. artifacts and yeah I was obviously entertained by my parents I thought yes yes it's a very valuable artifact and it was just a bit of crockery or yeah. <laughs> loads of stuff like that to dig up so yeah an archaeologist was one and then the architect because that's yeah what my dad does yeah and I think with so I love drawing I always I was always very creative so I loved drawing and drawing that so I was going to be yeah I was going to be an architect until it was seven years at university and oh, thought, yes oh no <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh no <laughs> no and then and then was your next dream then like you say 15 years old want to work in a salon or did you have because we all at teenagers we all go through those it was I have absolutely no idea what I want to do yeah yeah and, and I keep hearing this yeah. with all the people I'm talking to from all aspects of the nail industry I am hearing an awful lot about um I had no idea what I wanted to do and quite a lot of the people I've spoken to have been well I just fell into this yeah. um um and it's so fascinating to me how this industry draws in people that are very creative I mean you've talked about how you like drawing 
quite a lot of the people I've spoken to are the same. They're like, oh, I've always been artistic. Now myself, I can't even draw a straight stick, man. I am atrocious. But for me, the part about nails I love is like you said, the structure, making a well-structured, really nice shaped, even if it's just like a pink, no glitter, no anything. If, as long as it's a beautiful shape, I'm doing a little happy dance. Um, but I love how this industry draws in the creatives and, and how it also draws in people that want a, a different lifestyle. They don't want a nine to five. Was that something that appealed to you in the early days that, you know, it had a lot more flexibility about it? Yeah, so I, I was always, I, I started off self-employed rather than mm. employed. It worked in the way that you could sort of set your own hours. Mm. Like, I think when I very first started, I had a boyfriend at university in Aberystwyth. Oh. We were in the Midlands, so it was like a four-hour drive. Yeah. So I could just do like a half day Saturday and then drive there and then I'd have the Monday off. Yeah. That was always lovely. To have. Yes. I always enjoyed that working in a salon, having yeah. Mondays off because uh, everyone else is at work. So it just yeah. felt nice, isn't it? I don't know what a Monday off, I don't know what a day off right now is. But yeah, yeah. that Monday thing was lovely Yeah, to be able to have off. Yeah, yeah. And uh, we've talked, I've talked with quite a few people about the advent of social media and how that's impacted and raised up and sometimes brought down the nail industry. The advent of the support groups, I think, for nail techs has been something that, in my opinion, has really raised the nail industry up. It's And I've spoken to a few people recently about the notion that we're starting to see coming through now is the more positive voices are starting to drown out the negative voices in the industry. Have you seen that too? Yeah, I think it's sometimes important, isn't it? To I've been quite well, sort of switching myself off from that. Yeah. And just, but it is quite hard to to do that um, yeah but yeah just just not even if you know someone's having a rant or a metal or something just don't even open it and read it just scroll on past and exactly exactly I mean that's the best advice I mean we see in so many groups people it's trying to look and then it makes you angry and... yeah yeah we hear so many you know I see so many posts in groups and somebody sent me this and what do I do about it at the end of the day if it's bothering you just ignore it you know, if it, if it was said to you in the street, you'd walk away and not think about it again, just because it was written down. Doesn't mean you have to then take it on board. Um, yeah. yeah. So what is coming up next for Katie Barnes, for the Katie Barnes juggernaut? So we've got a few new tools. We, well, we have a new product um, that has landed that is top secret. So we're just designing some other bits to go with it. It's one of those, you know, and you've got it. Yeah. But you can't do anything with it yet. <laughs> so it's in our storage unit, in boxes. Um, so that will hopefully be around in the next few months. Um, and then this one is, I can talk about, because we've I've mentioned it on my social media, um, designing a second cuticle tool, like a smaller one with a different end. Oh, nice. So yes. I've been working with customers to design something extra that they'd actually, you know, that they want to see. So like what kind of end do they want on the other side, the pusher? And mm. and I think it's some add-ons for the glow, really. So Oh, wow. Those bits. So a carry case, but one that works for it. Yes. Um, yeah, because I'm currently carrying mine between the house and the salon in a black, black plastic bag 
my <laughs> husband's like what if it breaks I'm like I made sure it was one of the ones that you use for the garden one of the I was gonna say, Mel, Mel broke hers she, she, she broke a piece she was carrying it but I think she was carrying it whole from oh. salon at home and bashed it on the car oh uh-huh, yes and um, you can in the meantime you can get a, an a2 art folder ah a, a customer did that before and it goes in um so that's the kind that's the kind of case we're doing like that yes. but it was like specially designed pockets so it will fit each individual piece in oh that's good that's good oh that's wonderful and then all about things like photo backgrounds and stuff like that for oh. I know, certain particular yeah. backgrounds and photos you know glitter one a sand one kind of thing i'll have one of each please <laughs> yeah. yeah so what we, i'm gonna do it as a pack so you can yeah, oh. yeah so perfect the pack so you can literally mix it up so almost that one today another one tomorrow oh that's uh, full of ideas it's very <laughs> impressive very inspiring yeah, so different custom panels. So the height extension legs, we originally only we designed that purely for lash text mm. to be able to use it because as I said I worked with a lash tech when designing it. Um, a lash and nail tech usually type that would be amazing for when we do lashes. Mm. So we needed to, it was a bit too high for how I like to work. Mm. So we did the extension legs. But then so many people love working with it on the extension legs. Mm. So we're now creating should be the next few weeks a back panel that then fits on it for the um height oh, extension yeah yeah said that it was the height extension legs were purely for lashes so you didn't need the back or the base yeah because it would be a tunnel for the head um and then but as we know especially in our sex everyone works so differently yeah um, so yeah loads of love and get on a higher so it's then yeah getting that back to fit and then um custom panels because they might like Mel nobody else wants this but she wants like a base that sticks out a lot more oh right so pain because it would be digging into it would be right really yeah. in my way to be right you know under me so we can just do like a one-off or for certain things oh so. that's great yeah well, so. that's great to know so then you know you have to do it to how everybody works because everyone does work so differently yeah I mean Yes, definitely. I mean, if you go into any salon that's got two or three or four techs, you will see that setups are so different for each tech. Yeah. Um, and I get really, I get really anxious if if my stuff's out of sync, so to speak, on my desk. If I put something yeah. in the wrong place, uh, like when we came back from lockdown and I, I brought everything back from home and put it back on my desk, and I was like, okay, this doesn't feel right. Why does this not feel right? And it just it was t- took me a while to get used to everything being back. On that piece working at home, and yeah, yeah, it was, it was. I got very anxious about it, but uh, Katie, I mean, I was this morning. I was so excited. I was like, oh, this is so good. This is so. I can't wait because, like I said, the KV Glow was just the best Christmas present I've ever had, and I was so excited to talk to you today. It was, it was my Christmas present from my husband. Was it? Did you know he was giving you? No, he he didn't surprise me. No, um, I. I sent him the link to the video while you, you were doing a live and I was like I oh, want yeah. this and then he was then the next minute my phone pinged and I was like who's put money in my bank account and then it was followed by a text message saying just get it <laughs> I was like 
yeah so yes oh, so you ordered I, d- I did order it yes but he was like just Otherwise get it went up ordering the wrong thing wouldn't he yeah. well yes he, he would have done in, in fact he's worse than me he probably would have ordered like the whole range then I'd have been like well I've no use for that and I've no use for that and I've no use <laughs> he's very generous my husband um, we did have very good husbands at Christmas time that yeah there were they bought the or they got the um a couple of people for friends actually that have seen said my friends do good press on business I know it'd be really good for photos I'm gonna treat her yeah oh I think this last year's brought out in a lot of people it's brought out the very best um and unfortunately um that's not always the case and it could have so easily gone the other way and the world could have been such a horrible place for a year and a bit but I think as a human kind we've definitely tried to be better this last year and that that shows you there when they're buying friends something like that for for their Christmas presents it's so just so heartwarming yeah and it's that when you're in the little notes order and I see someone says oh I'm I'm back or they've emailed me to explain who they are yeah and what they're doing and could have pop a note in and oh I'm a crier, Kitty. I'm going to cry. I'm going, the minute I turn the video off, I'm going to be like, oh, people are so nice. I'm going to cry for about an hour because I'm just such a, a I'm such an emotional crier. <laughs> so thank you so much for today. And will you be at the Scratch Awards, Scratch Star Awards? Who knows with anything this year? I know, I know. You've been Maybe. quite <laughs> you've been you've been you've been quite a feature there over the last few years, haven't you? So, so in a, in in a normal world, yes, I will be there. But ah, in a, well, yes. Fingers crossed that all these things are going to go forward. And well, if you are, I might see you there. I've I've, I've treated myself and my husband have to tickets. Have have, have a glass of uh, something busy, and yeah. uh, I will speak to you very soon. Thank you so much for today. Thank you for having me. Thank you for listening to today's episode of Nailtopia Inside with the Insiders. If you have enjoyed it, you can show me your support by heading over to buymeacoffee.com forward slash Nailtopia, where you can help keep me in Yorkshire Tea and Savvy Bee, enabling me to keep chatting to nail industry insiders with the stories you just need to hear. You can also check out what else Nailtopia is about on both Facebook and Instagram.